Hi guys and welcome to Totally Clueless, where we're talking about anything and everything that you guys need to know. I'm Megan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jess. And today we're going to be talking about mental health. So we thought we'd start by like, I don't really know, I feel like it's such a weird topic to talk about because I've never listened to a podcast that's been so open about their mental health, but I feel like we've all had our own experience on it, like in it a little bit, mm. and you know, some of us are still struggling on, <laughs> but then like, you know. Like, but and our friends as well. Like, yeah. all our friends have such a different background and experience of mental health that I feel like, and we've got their permission to like talk about bits about it. Like, so yeah, yeah. We've got some questions to answer later from we you guys do. from our Instagram. Some very hard hitting topics there that, but we'll we'll address them all. Yeah. I'm sure. So I think what would be a good way to start, like, is if we all kind of talk about what mental health means to us and like our current and past experiences of it. So. Mm. Meg, do you want to start? Oh, okay. Ooh, Ooh, I was going to say, there you are. The limelight. Oh, okay, right. So I guess I've always sort of struggled with like a bit of depression, anxiety. Um, it kind of got worse. So basically, when I was 15, I was diagnosed with a chronic pain condition. Um, so I missed like a lot of school. And I think that's sort of where my mental health sort of took a bit of a downfall. Um. I guess it's not really hard to talk about. It's something I don't really talk about much. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at the time as well, my friends at school, they were going through their own things. And I don't really think they got it. Like, they didn't understand that. I didn't want to, I didn't really want to talk about it. I still yeah. don't like talking about it. I don't like mm-hmm. thinking about what's going to happen in the future and stuff like that, because that scares me and it makes me upset. Yeah. Like, I don't like talking about yeah. it. But I think, like, at the time, like, I'd have a couple of weeks off school and I just wouldn't talk to anyone. Like, I'd mm-hmm. literally, like, isolate myself at home, just not talk to anyone. Like, it gave me a lot of anxiety talking about just things in general. Like, talking to people in general gave me a lot of anxiety. I remember going to the doctors about it with my mum. And my mum went to my doctor, like, oh, I think she, I think she's, I think she needs some help. She's just not not doing that great at the moment. And they were like, mm, well, we'll just, we'll just sort of see how it goes. Like, didn't offer any help, didn't offer any resources. Um, and it's literally taken till, I think I went back to the doctors this November. So it was a good five years ago. And I've only just been put on to like some antidepressants, which are starting to help. You can definitely see a difference, like yeah. living with your life. Yeah. But it's strange, like you said, like how a like a physical, like something physically wrong with you, then had an impact on your mental health. Like, yeah. Which I mean, like, but it is just living with you, like since August, you can see such a difference in you. But it is strange, like, because I don't even understand exactly what it is that's wrong with you. But it's like it mm. just kind of just have to take each day, and it's like some days you're absolutely a-okay and then but just like I just want to stay in bed the rest of like yeah. all day I think that's the difficult part about it and like I think that's like moving away and going to uni so that's like it's proper tiring as well yeah. like I know lots of people talk about like mental health at uni but I don't think it's stressed enough how much you sort of go through at uni you get thrown into the deep end don't you and like it's a lot it's a lot to be especially going from having a whole year out to suddenly going back into it it's like a lot to handle yeah. and I feel like like I knew something was wrong and I could feel myself like I explained it like a black cloud to my doctor mm-hmm. um well actually Janet she's my nurse I love Janet I love Janet um she's but basically it's like like I know I know that I'm being horrible and I know that I'm like not talking to anyone yeah. and like I just I don't have the effort I don't I still love point, you I don't care. thanks thanks guys <laughs> it's like I was really worried moving in with you purely because we were like still quite new friends yeah that I was like right let's not annoy each other and let's not argue 
but then I've kind of learnt now that some days you'll just look at me and be like, that's a stupid idea, Hannah. Or you'll just give me that look and I'm like, okay, that's that's not my problem. She's having a bad day. Like, I'll just keep on being chirpy and being like, it's okay, come on. Like, just drop the chocolate pancakes at the door and run. <laughs> it's, I think it's nice that we can like we kind of support each other in that. Yeah. It's kind of cute. We have down days together and we'll just genuinely go home from uni and nap all day. Yeah. And it's good that you have each other because I feel like you... You both have had your difficulties with your mental health and at least it's something that you know you both can relate to you both understand it a lot better because you've both experienced those like horrible feelings mm-hmm. so i feel like it's good that you two live together and you can kind of be there for each other when one of you's having the bad day and the other one's not and then yeah. vice versa and then when you both have a bad lot days, closer, i think yeah mm-hmm. so hannah what about you what about your mental health um i guess it all kind of started it well wow we're really getting deep here so my mum was diagnosed with cancer when I was quite young um and I didn't have a dad on the scene either so it was kind of just me and mum my brothers like were a lot older so they kind of all left home and stuff so I missed quite a bit of school and like fell quite far behind because I spent my time with mum um won't bore with all the gory details of mother um sadly passed away when I was 13 and I felt that's when I realized that something was like wrong with me um at this point I lived with my stepdad and he went like quite badly like deeply into depression so I kind of I was in denial for like the longest time like I literally didn't even shed a tear like was in denial for the longest time so I kind of took on like mum's role in the house and like would make dinner for like dad and stuff and then I feel like it was when I got to like year 10 and 11 and I realised that like I had to go for exams and I was like shit and like prior to that I'd only ever had like one panic attack which was on an aeroplane to Florida and I was a state for the whole like however long it was um and then I remember doing my mocks in year 10 and I got in like we went into the hall and I literally had a full-on panic attack and I was like I literally went to my maths teacher, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I'm so academic, but I literally just had like a full on panic attack and I was like, I don't even know my two times tables right now, hon. Um, but then like, I didn't really know, so I've been in and out of counselling since I was like 10 years old, I think, which is really helpful. I love going to counselling. And I feel like even now at uni, like I don't go to counselling sessions as much anymore, but I still have his email and number and it's kind of like, if I need someone to talk to, literally we can like Skype and I'll just be like, I'm having a really bad day, like help me out here, hon. But uh, yeah, always been in tatters really. But we're on the mend. Definitely. On the mend. And you've got us to support you as well. I know counselling has made a massive difference yeah. for yeah. you. But I feel like you're quite open with us as well. Like, you know, if you're having a bad day, you don't need to really go into detail with it with yeah. us. Mm. But like we do know enough now that we are able to help in ways that, you know, well we do try to anyway yeah and like school were amazing as well like I remember would I have been I would have been in like year eight when mum passed away I think and like my form tutor had like just lost her husband as well like so it was really nice to be able to talk to her and stuff and my school was like an academy so like some of my teachers I've had since like the first day of reception in like year one and like there's like three or four teachers that I've been with like the whole time so it's really nice that they kind of like watched me grow and then kind of saw like the lowest of the lows and then like saw me like smash my a-levels and like go to uni and stuff but yeah we're on the mend i guess but yeah jess um i don't really 
I, I feel like me compared to like you both, like, I've not really had any times in my life that really like no events that really stick out where yeah. I felt like I was at like a really low point. Like I mean, I'm grateful for that, but I do feel like a lot of it's come down from. I'd say probably my lowest point would be A level time. Yeah. And that was mainly like the stress of exams and everything. And I feel like I learned a lot. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. The pressure you experience throughout year 12 and year 13, to, I know to some, it's just, it is unbearable. You know, you've got the strain of will you get the grades to, to go into uni because not everyone gets an unconditional. And I feel like that for me was a massive pressure because I felt in GCSE, I was quite comfortable, you know, I, d- I did do really well and I never felt there was a time in that period where I was like, oh my God, this is really stressful. Whereas A-levels did feel like such a massive step up for me. I feel like that's when I probably had the lowest time with myself. Yeah. But I was really thankful at the time to have supportive friends around me, you know. I made sure that I tried to keep, you know, organised and, like, organised my time in regards to when I was going to revise and do my schoolwork. And then when I was going to step back and go, do you know what? self-care is important yeah. you know be something simple as going shopping with a friend or you know having a takeaway for tea just trying to organize my time that the priority wasn't always a level a level a level yeah like giving yourself something to look forward to yeah like i'll revise this much and then like have a break and you know and i feel like you felt a lot of pressure because i mean i didn't know you at this time but i can yeah. imagine like you went to a good school like you also like the oldest of like your sibling wise. I feel you like head girl as well. You were head girl at a good school. Deputy. Oh, oh, deputy. Girl. I was head girl. She was head girl. I was she not at the same school. I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like you felt a lot of pressure, like being like the oldest, like sibling as well, and like quite like a good strong family unit as well. Like people expected a lot of you. Yeah, I feel like. Well, they would have been happy if you'd like completely failed. Oh, yeah, d- but, like, definitely. Like I can't lie that my family were really supportive during that time. I think from being deputy girl in school. That was mainly, I felt like I was being watched by people that weren't necessarily watching me mm. prior to that, you yeah. know. I feel like you've got to set yourself, you're quite a role model, especially to younger years and stuff like that. And I feel like that did put a bit of pressure on me because I remember there was a couple of, like, just in-class tests and I didn't do very well in. And I was really worried and conscious about how that was going to implicate how I was seen by, like, stuff and stuff of being in being someone in a like a position of almost authority but I think other than that it wasn't I did enjoy the position I think if I could go back I would definitely still do it but it did have some impact on how stress I felt during that time and I think if I wasn't in that position I probably wouldn't have experienced that level of stress simply just because of you know, wondering what other people are going to think of me, how how will they think if I've done badly in this, and not really always thinking about myself. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the most thing with, like, A-level and stuff is you put the most pressure on yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, when you, when you've gone from being, like, really good, like, good GCSE scores and stuff, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get into A-level and you're not achieving as high as, as everyone thinks you should, or, like... Yeah, when they say the jump from GCSE to A-level is bigger than A-level to uni, at first I thought, that's just complete BS. Oh my God, now looking back on it, it is so true. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, I have, like, I find uni difficult Mm -hmm. and there are hard days, but when I think about the different, that jump, it is nothing compared to GCSE to A-level. That was a massive, massive step. Mm -hmm. I think, like, work-wise and the fact that you're a bit more independent in, like, sixth form and, you know, Mm -hmm. when you get to uni, like, yeah, you have 
you've got the support there if you ask for it, like for tutoring and stuff, but it is you're down to yourself and you know, you kind of get out of it what you put into yeah. it. I feel like with GCSEs, you know, you were kind of like it sounds mean, but like the teachers needed you to do well. Yeah. So like for for their yeah. numbers, you know what I mean? Like everyone passed this year, like I feel like with I feel like GCSEs were a lot easier as well so sort yeah. of like if you were in top set you were like issuing to get like B's and A's yeah. and stuff and then as soon as you got up to A levels it's an, like you went from getting like A's and B's to getting like C's and D's I think that's that's something really hard like I know one of the girls in my A level class she's like A star student like she's one of the smartest people I know mm. and she didn't do as well on her A levels as she thought she was going to do sort of same as me and I was like well if she can't get that high in an A level how the fuck am I meant to yeah. do anything like she was one of the smartest people. And I think that sort of takes like a lot of pressure on you as well. Like I remember opening my results and seeing them and knowing that, not only that I could have done better, because I know like in, given the circumstances I did quite well, yeah. I could have done a lot worse. And, but it's the fact that my mum and my grandma were like, oh my God, that's amazing, you've done so well. But I couldn't see it like that. Mm. I couldn't see, yeah, I did really well. Like I tried like- You do, you judge yourself so much, yeah. yeah. I feel like as well, not even, I mean, I know we're kind of focusing on academic perspective at the minute, but I think when you also think about what you're doing when you're doing your GCSEs to compare to your A-levels and uni as well, most of us, you know, we get part-time jobs, you know, mm-hmm. you do, you learn to drive or, you know, there are all these other life milestones that we reach, not just the academia side of things. And I feel like that also puts on like massive pressures because it's not just that you can just focus on school and school's the only thing you do, but yeah, like I remember I used to do at least three, four evenings at work a week, and trying to then factor in other like all your schoolwork and like, mm. family. It's quite time difficult. Like, yeah. It's so difficult. Like they're really they're really good at our work to be honest. Like mm. you put in your availability and they give yeah, you. They're really flexible. They're really flexible. But thank you, Mackies. Thank you. But even sometimes <laughs> like it's quite difficult balancing it. Like I know you like we'd ask for the shifts and stuff, but it's quite hard knowing when to like take a step back from work because you feel like you need to work like you get so used to having that income as well yeah Yeah. that if you you can start to tell the difference if you know you don't do that third shift that week you'll be like oh yeah you can like when payday comes you're like why am i down that much and it's like i didn't do that especially with having a car and because i don't i rely so much on driving because of where i live like if i didn't do one shift i'm thinking that's a tank of petrol i've just lost out on or you know that means i can't go and see so and so and all those sorts of things that you wouldn't necessarily think about otherwise but when you start working and you realize the value of money yeah it does that cloud just starts to appear in your mind doesn't yeah. it yeah and i feel like it's you kind of stretch yourself quite thin as well like you've got all this going on like school and work and stuff like i remember first year of sick form i was working like two jobs mm. so i used to like work monday tuesday mackies thursday friday at a pub and then saturday sunday at mackies and i used to do like other things as well mm. and like Looking back, I probably could have t- taken this about, but in that moment, I was like, I need, like, I can't afford not to work. No. Like, people would take, like, weeks and stuff off for their A-levels. Like, I know people would take, like, two or three yeah, months. Yeah, and I'm I like, how? Like, it must be, like, like, it was quite hard, like, knowing that other people could take time off work. Whereas, mm. like, literally, like, the night before my psychology exam, like, I was at work till 10. Mm. Like, it's no, it's... It's that pressures like that that you put yourself under yeah. Yeah. that you don't think, think of, but like looking back. I don't think back. you know, unless you've been in the situation either, because I know quite a lot of people from school that didn't have jobs. And I do feel like, yes, they did other things with their time. They had extracurricular activities and stuff mm. like that, which they dedicated their time to. But I feel like there are some times where it's just like, well, why haven't you got the time to do that? And they didn't understand that 
yes, it is part-time work, but, mm-hmm. you know, you are dedicated. And I feel like we are both quite, you know, in terms of, like, Mackie's, like, we do try and work as much as we yeah. can, you know, obviously time permitting and stuff like that. Whereas there are other people that could afford to take, like you said, two, three months yeah. off and not really, you know, batter an eyelid about it. So... Mm. I feel like it's quite, like... Like, it's not that I love my job, but no. I do take my job, like, not seriously, but I do work hard at my job. Yeah. Like, if, if they need me to stay on, I'll stay on. Like, that's the thing, like... It's not, like, we do care, and I think it's, you care about the people you work with. Yeah. yeah because you're all there to definitely. support each other, you know. Why make someone else's day ten times harder when, you know, you could kind of share the workload out? And I feel like we're both, you know, it's part of teamwork, yeah. isn't it? And I think, like, it's hard to, like, juggle, like, work and then, like, uni work as well, but, mm. like, I enjoy going to work because of the people like it's nice like yeah we've got our uni friends and like we've got each other and stuff but going to work and just being with people and just being able to like it's like ha- having a catch up with people that you wouldn't normally like have a catch up with mm-hmm. like we talk all the time but like if we only work like three or four shifts a week then I make the most of it like but I think the people definitely like make it but then I'm a sucker for like say like my brother is my boss so like I am a sucker for being like can you stay on an extra eight hours? I'm like, yeah, of course. I don't know when to say no. no. Like, mm. I don't know where to draw that line and be like, you know what? I've got an essay due. No, like, mm. I'll happily just work. It's quite and hard work. as well. Like, like when people know, like, people will message you, be like, oh, do you want a shift and stuff? And it's nice that people can rely on you like that. Yeah. But yeah. it's thinking when to take it about like, I'm really bad for it. Like taking time off and stuff. Like, if someone asks me to stay on, I will stay on. Mm. Like, if someone wants to go home, I will be like, oh, I'll stay till you're yeah. meant to finish sort of yeah. thing but I'm a sucker for it like if I'm so like obviously I'm a manager if I need a person I don't think like I don't look at the group of people and be like oh you've got uni like probably shouldn't ask you you just mm. ask anyone that will come and do it and mm. it's like people come in and they're like oh, I've got an essay I'm like well go home like don't come and do me a favour if it's going to like put your uni work at like jeopardy do you know what I mean but right we do have some questions on instagram if you want to go through them maybe yeah. you know where to start um so the first one we got through um said i think talking about how lonely moving away can be would be good as no one really talked about it before i moved and i feel that's a hard one for us because although we all like me and megan don't live at home and jess has like you've lived in halls before yeah. but like, none of us have like long term mm. left we've not like moved no. really far away mean? like to i feel like me personally like so I left the family house when I was like 15 mm. and lived with my auntie and then I moved out last year so it's kind of like I've always been quite independent but it is a shock and it's not even like the independence and having to like cook and clean for yourself it's coming home and like if you're at work if I'm home alone I hate it mm. like I hate it like I'm not scared of anything I mean I am sometimes mm. I like turn all the lights on but it's just like not coming home and having a cup of tea with someone and like just talking about how's you like your day been and stuff and I feel like if I was in halls that would just completely knock my like mental health like mm-hmm. I would not especially since some of the rooms are so small like yeah. any accommodation I've been in they've been tiny and I feel like that small confined space like it would do me no good like, at all but I feel like it depends on the kind of having been in halls it really depends on the kind of person you are and the kind of flat that you have yeah like I've known people that have really sociable flats like you know, they'll either they'll go out on, like, the student nights or they'll just, you know, they'll cook a meal together and those sorts of things. And I feel like that's when you your family, 
like you have that uni style family yeah. so you have your family to go home to but you also have those that you can really rely on i found being in halls quite isolating i mean i did see my flatmates every now and then but with our schedules being so different and we me spending so much time in uni on placement etc i didn't really i i was the kind of person where if i finished uni for the day i would come back home watch something on netflix have my tea and go back to my room and yeah. unless i was talking to someone or facetiming them i didn't really have much interaction with others mm. un- with unless i was in lectures and i feel like that did put that really did have an effect on me in the sense that it was the first time I really felt lonely. Yeah. And I did rely on people, you know, either coming to see me or coming home. Because I think, you know, there was literally, I can count on one hand how many weekends I actually stayed in halls whilst I was there. Because I tried to come home at every possible opportunity just so that I didn't feel like I was by myself. How have you found it, Megan? Because obviously moving in with me was like the first time you've left home really I feel like it wasn't that difficult because obviously we're such good friends and the fact that we're not even like that far from my mum's and my no. grandma like we, like we do try and go see them like every week every yeah. week if we can like I know that if I'd, if I'd have gone to Le- Leeds my mental health would be so much worse like I know like because it's not that I f- find it hard to make friends but I feel like everyone has that thing of oh my god am I going to make friends at uni like because really, you're on your own. Yeah. Like unless you know someone you're like at uni with, that's that's it. You're there. You're on your own. Mm. Like your mum's not there to hold your hand, sort of thing. Like. Tea. <laughs> Thank you. Like um. I don't know how to say it. Like you haven't got that person there. Like yeah. Like your support system's not yeah, like, there. Yeah. You're not. Like you're not at, like secondary school anymore. You haven't got all your friends there. Like all your friends have like split up. They've all gone like loads of different places. It's like the structure of your life up until that point is literally, you know, the the wrecking ball. You yeah. know, it can com- it completely changes. You know, you have a different routine. You know, it's different people in your life, and it may not necessarily be like your mum to hold your hand, but like if you're really close to either, you know, grandparents, like aunties, uncles, yeah. or like you've got, you know, those other one like other family members, you know, that you are like. I know I've got like certain relatives where they're not actually like blood relatives at yeah. all, but you yeah. know, like godmothers and stuff that you Definitely. do, you're really close yeah. to. So you kind of, you move away from your almost family unit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what kind it's of It's such a change that. to get used to as well. Like, yeah, I've got like friends here, but like one of my best mates lives the other end of the country and mm. I, like, I don't see him anymore. Yeah. And it is really difficult going from literally, so since year seven, we spent every day together at school. Yeah. Like we were in most of the same lessons and stuff. And it's, it's, it was really weird when he went off to uni last year and obviously I was still here in Lincoln, he was all the way down in Bristol. Mm. Like it was really difficult not seeing him every day and like not talking, especially because we spent like loads of time hanging together like with each other over the summer. Yeah. So like obviously we came even closer then and then all of a sudden he just sort of went and it's like, it's sad, it's sad like seeing all your friends like move away and stuff and yeah, they do come back at summer. I think mm. it makes them times like more special and it mm. makes you like wanna, like when he comes back like, not just sit in the house and like talk like let's go out and do something and make mm-hmm. some memories but I feel like we're quite lucky in the fact that obviously Jess you still like live at home and you kind of go between like your mums and your dads and stuff and yeah. like you've got a boyfriend and stuff so and I feel like we're quite lucky that my auntie literally lives over the road like we don't see her as much as I probably should but like she's there and like I said I work with my brother and like my other brothers are in Lincoln or my nieces and nephews are so it's like it's not like we're at uni like this is home and uni is just a small part of our week really mm. and obviously we try and get 
down to your village and see your family a lot. Yeah. But honestly, like if you've moved city, it sounds proper like cringy and cliche, but just like get out and like make mm-hmm. friends. Like that freshers week, like you've got just get out. Like it's gonna be horrible. Like you're probably gonna miss home, but honestly, just get out, do all the activities, make friends. Like mm-hmm. they are the friends that are gonna be there for the next three years. Like, yeah, they're gonna try see and make you them bonds. Different places. Like they're gonna be there with yeah. you in the library at like four a.m. They're gonna see. And you're all going everything. through the same thing as well. Yeah. Like you're not the only person going through it. Like they'll all be in the same boat. Mm-hmm. You can sometimes feel like really scary yeah. and you think, oh my God, but you've, you've got almost got to kind of like take yourself out of the situation and realise that everyone is in that same boat with mm. you. And if you're there for each other, it makes it a hundred times better. Yeah. And I get like anxiety and stuff like it's going to mm. stress people. Like I can't, there's just the, just the thought of walking into like a full room of people they're all like brand new students and I'm like oh my god I've got to try and make friends like if I've got to make friends I can't do it mm. but like just just get out it sounds probably cringy but just go do it because that's the worst thing in it like get drunk because yeah. I had that on my first day like I other than being in the like uni page for my cohort I'd never met any of these girls before yeah. you know so I did feel like I was almost going into it blind, you know, into a room mm. of like all these people go, hello, I'm so-and-so. Whereas I know you two had each other. And I do think it is, I know like for myself, we we started the day, which I'm sure everyone does, you know, the whole go, let's go around the room, you know, yeah. let's say who we are, why we're here and all that lot. And I hate things like that oh, normally. Yeah. But like at the, the same time, <laughs> it is, you know, kind of chucking you in at the deep end of get to know each other and then... I honestly felt like at the end of Freshers' Week, I knew everyone in my cohort, and I mean, there's only 16 of us, so we are, well, there's 17 now, but at the time there's 16. And I feel like it just meant that we actually all got to know each other, and slowly and steadily, like, we became such a good yeah. family, and they are, they're girls I'll never forget, and they will have made such a massive impact on my life, but I don't think that we would have the closeness that we have if it hadn't been for, you know, like, getting stuck in you know not being afraid to just you know have a laugh enjoy yourself and get to know each other from the beginning you mentioned it there like group chats like Mm. it sounds Mm. stupid but as soon as you know like the uni you've got like you've got onto and like the course and stuff find the group chats on facebook like make friends like you know most of them will have like a generic lincoln uni page and then you can like find Mm. your actual like Mm. course group chat just make friends like i've made friends like we've made friends before we actually started uni like with people on the course and especially last year at BG like because it was such a smaller uni like we had like a whole like freshers group chat of everyone in it and it's kind of like yeah you're not going to make them friendships like just over social media but it's a start and just like mm. putting it being able to walk into that room and start putting like names to faces and stuff like just definitely like look it up on Facebook and stuff. I think like the biggest thing you've got to remember like it sounds kind of cliche but everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. I think you forget like you put you get that so like worked up about it that you forget that and you think everyone so much else self that it's like yeah and you forget everyone else these people don't know anyone yeah. either like it's not just you like everyone doesn't know anyone and they're probably feeling the exact same like, thing and it's kind of hard to see it that way when you just so focus like oh my god there's so many people there's like a room full of 50 people looking yeah. at me and that can be like really daunting but then you got to think hang on a minute everyone else is like this everyone else has just yeah. moved away from home like like i find it hard to make friends like actual solid friendships because i think find it quite hard to like trust in people but like actually talking to someone give me any strangers and I will try and have a conversation with them like I really don't care but just be the confident one like walk in there and if you think like if you act like you're confident then it's gonna people are gonna gravitate towards you because they're like oh they know what they're doing like they they're confident they, they seem to know what they're doing 
just but in actual fact you have no fucking fake it what until you make doing. it is what i say um i like that saying i know and that's it insta bio um this one's a bit deep um someone's asked why society is so bad at dealing with suicide and why isn't there more help available that's a very deep one it's a very deep one really know. it's quite true though like there isn't there's not as there should be so much more support available for everyone like yeah. not just not just people on the edge like people like people need help earlier than they're getting it mm. yeah. like there's i feel like the nhs is doing its best but i feel like the best way to sum it up is if you consider the breakthroughs we've had in terms of cancer research you know like other physical med like men physical other than mental health there have been massive breakthroughs but when you compare the resources and the facilities we have for in regards to mental health it's shocking how little there is there is not you couldn't walk into a doctor's and you know say a b and c and be instantly directed to good quality help mm. i feel like there is a very very and i, I I guess in a sense we can blame society, but there is a very much of a, if you go to a doctor's and you say X, Y, and Z, you're more likely to get a pack of pills thrown at you mm. rather mm. than being, let's try other routes before drugs. And I know some people would disagree with me, and I mean, I've not been in the situation myself, it's mainly from what I've seen from other people, but I do, I do wish there was more, and there should be more funding put into mm. mental health in regards to, counseling you know like all sorts of facilities in which we can help those that are struggling because it is really i think it's hard it's hard to open up for a start but it takes a lot of strength and willpower mm. to be able to say right i need help and i mean it does come down to how you go about getting that help which i think is something that we should come on to in a second but we we as a country and i think globally as well we need to stop stigmatizing mental health. Mm, yeah. We need to encourage people to talk openly about their mental health. And not just be good when or bad. Like, something big happens, like obviously no. with Caroline Flack, like things like that shouldn't be happening now. No, like shouldn't. it shouldn't take that happening for, for people to suddenly be interested in mental yeah. health. No. Like it does sound bad about, like it does sound bad saying it, but most people don't really care about mental health in their everyday lives. Mm. Like most people don't care. It's only when like things get bad that all of yeah. a sudden everyone cares about mm. it. And it shouldn't be like that. The care should be there from the start so things don't like this don't happen. Mm. If things like were in place to help people and get the support they needed, it wouldn't happen. Mm. Or it wouldn't happen as often. And like there'll be steps in place before things because I yeah. feel like it's that whole invisible versus visible, you know, yeah. invisible disabilities mental health in some aspects will be seen as invisible in comparison to if you see somebody on crutches or in a wheelchair, you know, that that will catch your attention and there'll be that kind of physical draw mm. to it. Whereas for mental health, I feel like until, you know... You're at that breaking you're point. At, yeah, yeah. It's that breaking point. Nothing else is set. on it and yeah. let's we'll see keep how patching it, goes. it up and, see, you know, it's like you are literally putting, like, a plaster on a broken leg in the situation of, right, okay, we'll just wait until you eventually, that boiling point, you know, the volcano erupts and then there's, in some instances, unfortunately, there's no going yeah. back from that. And I feel like, although like as a society we need to be more open about our own mental health so like we need to be more accepting of other people's mental mm. health as mm. well um like i had a conversation with someone the other day and they kind of told me what they've been going through and stuff and i told them you know like have you spoken to like your family or whatever 
and they said that like they tried to and the family just turned around and was like you're being silly stop mm. and I was like that is shocking like that's not going to help at all like you know this person came to me like in floods of tears being like am I just being silly I was like no you've got every right to feel mm. how you feel like whether you're feeling this because something major's happened or something little like I literally I cry over everything I cry if I, I literally spill my cereal and that's me gone for the day. Like, mm. you've got every right to feel however you feel. And I feel like as a yeah, society, like, we need to be more accepting of, And you know. I think people don't think that, like, depression, they're like, oh, it happens because of big life events. Sometimes no. there's no cause. Like, it's just, nothing, nothing needs nothing, to happen. Nothing, like, triggers it, sort of, so to speak. It just happens. Yeah. Like, and I think that's quite difficult for people to sort of talk about. And, like, mm. maybe you don't want to bother people with it. I think it's sort of... The whole British thing of we don't like talking about our feelings. Yeah. We don't like yeah. talking to people about things. You just have a cup of tea and just kind of like let it let it be. Yeah, and I think I think everyone start, needs to start being a bit more open. I think I think it needs to start in like with CAMS. CAMS is horrifically underfunded. Yeah. Like I was reading the other day that the goal, like Theresa May said something about how she wants thirty five percent of people, young people who want who are trying to get this help, thirty five percent should be able to get it, and that's not acceptable. Thirty five percent. Well, I think there's a reason why she's not in Parliament anymore. Definitely. I think definitely agree though like with the whole cam situation like i started my counseling with cams like they used to come into school and like talk to me like they used to do it through school and it got that like underfunded that they couldn't promise me like a place each week so unfortunately then we had to go like private which is mm. just so expensive to do and not everyone can afford no. it as well like it's there's definitely like a whole divide sort of mm. if you can afford it there's help there but if you can't, well, we'll see. We'll put you on a waiting list. You might get onto it, you might not. Just sort of, here you are. And I feel mm. like, although, obviously, the pressure they must feel, like, with mm. mental health on mm. such a rise, like, they must feel so, like, under pressure by it all. But, like, we had a conversation with one of our friends yesterday who wants help mm. and, have like, she's been told that, like, you know, you need to do a phone call and, like, in a way, kind of prove that you need it. And I was like... Mm. You shouldn't have to prove it. You shouldn't it have to, like... And for some people, that call is like the worst thing that they'll ever do like that is like do you know what i mean like can you imagine having to talk it's not just talking to a stranger that's someone you don't know mm. that's on a phone like that's i hate making phone calls anyway and i feel like at our age as well like you know people are like oh they're adults now like i couldn't walk into a new counselor now and then be like here is all my life problems mm. like, luckily mine bless his soul has been with me since the start and has seen like the roller coaster but i i know now if i didn't have that support in place like I wouldn't ask for it now like I could be having a crap day but I know I wouldn't like ask for help any like because mm. I wouldn't know how to get it mm. no. like if I didn't have that through school and then get directed to it I would have no I, I wouldn't even know where to start like and I feel like it must be really difficult being like part like a mental health nurse or just people working in mental health like knowing there are so many people that need help mm. and that sadly due to like budgets and stuff they can't help everyone no yeah but you should you be think without like mental health being on the rise like you would have thought they'd like invest more in it so like because hmm. they invest like big like into loads of other like areas of research and yeah. stuff like that and they invest like in other things so why aren't we investing in mental health no i think that leads on quite nicely to like the next question um that is what are some actions we could take towards solving mental health i feel that's such a like a a broad question like mm. i feel like money i.e budgeting and funding is probably a massive m massive part of the problem and i think 
if obviously if we had abundance of cash that we could just throw into the service you know we'd see it improve mm-hmm. but then it also comes down to i think and i know like some people will dislike this i know we've got a podcast coming up on it but social media yeah. i think in regards to mental health is so bad in so many ways mm-hmm. i mean I'm not like TikTok, for example. I don't usually watch a lot of TikTok videos, you know, in comparison to some of someone who sat opposite me. No comment whatsoever. (laughs) But I see some videos on there that are, you know, of mainly young teenage girls, you know, we're talking like the age 13, 14, that are talking about, you know, attempting suicide and yet they're making jokey comments about it. And I feel like, Yes, maybe to someone that is their way of dealing with their emotions, but I feel like from an outsider looking in, as horrible as it must be for that person, I don't feel like social media is the way to channel those sorts of thoughts. I feel like, you know, it can it can be damaging to other people, those that are vulnerable. Yeah. And I feel like I know and I'm I'm sure we've had it, but from like personal experience I've seen people's Snapchat stories where they are saying really, really horrific things yeah. and I can't help but feel for that person. And I have on occasions messaged people saying, you know, in regards to what they've posted, I mean, like, I won't say some of them because I don't want, because I feel like if I do say some of them, it may indicate it's certain people that obviously know me. But one of them, I remember messaging this guy in regards to his story and basically just being like, I know you need help and I'm here for you, but this is not the way to go about getting it. And some people would think me really harsh for saying that, but I also think, unfortunately, and this comes around the stigma of mental health, that sometimes the whole doing it for attention, which I'm saying, you know, in quotation quotation marks, it, it may not be that person meaning to do that but that is sometimes how it is read by society and as horrible as it is unfortunately that is the way things are and I feel like sometimes you need to realize that and I mean I can't you you can't say you should only post this you should only post that you can post whatever you want within reason and as long as you're not offending other people that's my opinion anyway but I feel like sometimes it, going about getting help shouldn't be blasting it everywhere no. because I feel like, unfortunately, the response will be that you are more likely to be ignored because of what you've put. But like people, people will perceive it in more like a mm. the boy that cried wolf kind yeah, of thing instead of someone who actually like genuinely needs, needs help. Needs and help I know we don't all, I know we don't all have friends that we feel like we could talk to. I'm very lucky that I have you two amongst others that if I felt in a terrible, terrible way, I could come to you instantly. And I know that unfortunately some people don't have that, but I feel like in regards to solving the problems and issues mental health yeah. in that question, one of the things will be finding the right people to talk Definitely. to and the right way to express feelings. Yeah. Definitely. Like if you're at school, mm. go to a teacher, go to like a pastoral officer. Yeah. Uni, we're quite lucky that I can't say all unis, but I know quite a lot of unis that I've looked into have got like a kind of like a hotline mm. thing going mm. on that you can talk to like twenty four hours, find just a friend, like family members, anyone that you find it easy to talk to. Mm that you think won't judge you, mm. just talk to them. Like, I used to bottle it all in and it's only really been since, like, even for counselling, like, that is one hour out of my week that I would let all my feelings out and then keep the rest of it bottled up. But yeah. now having, like, 
cringy you two in my life like just things like the other day about getting upset and stuff but over things that really does don't need to be having an effect on me like this but I'm not used to having people that want to help solve them yeah but just I think a lot of it's like a mentality where people don't think that they've got someone to talk mm. to where you know and it's they do they do like to yeah. talk to someone mm. like and to anyone who is listening to this, I just kind of want to put this out there, and I'm sure you both will agree. To anyone that is listening to this and they still genuinely feel they have no one to talk to, message us. Message us. We are, maybe to you, three complete strangers, <laughs> but sometimes you do just want a deaf set of ears to basically just, you know, pour your heart out. And we're not magicians. We don't have a magic wand. We're not going to be able to solve all your problems. But if, to, if you think it would be beneficial to just talk to someone, please consider us... And that you, you know, knock on our door anytime because we'll always be really, like, we will be happy to help. Yeah, and I think that's a really good note to, like, end it on as well. Like, feel free to come and talk to us whenever. Um, the next next week's is mental, not mental health, that's today's social media mm. and the effects it's having on us. So kind of probably still link it to mental yeah, health a little bit, but then also, like, like a part two, yeah, yeah. but then also, like, how social media has become such a massive yeah. part of, like, the society we live in yeah. and maybe some juicy gossip to spill but we'll leave that one for next time Mm. Um, but yeah bye guys Bye. bye